Welcome to Lincoln the Wealth. I'm your host, the president and the CEO of the Global African Business Association. Akindale Akinyemi. We're going to talk about GABA communities in the context of the African Continental Free Trade Area. The African Continental Free Trade Area will launch January 1st, 2021, among various nations on the continent of Africa. Sponsored by the African Union, this is a way to increase trade between various nations to uh, generate wealth and to generate prosperity for those respective nations. But so many people have asked, what about, what about the African diaspora? What can we do to participate? Well, for instance, GABA moved its headquarters from Inkster to Romulus over a year ago. We did that strategically because of the African Continental Free Trade Area. And we also did it because of the African Growth Opportunity Act. Now, there are some steps that we have outlined as an organization to position local communities here to participate in African continental free trade area. So one of the things we have to do is to start developing sister cities between distressed communities here in the United States and Africa. So that would increase goods and services between local communities. An urban municipality in the U.S. should consider implementing a foreign trade zone like Nashville, Tennessee. We have to start engaging our chamber of commerces and the potential future investment opportunities in Africa for local urban companies here in the United States. Also, we must establish a more stable, permanent and mutually beneficial trade and investment framework with our local urban communities so that they can compete and participate in the African continental free trade area. See, we have to also understand the importance of creating a database system of businesses and organizations and systems that will position the West to do business with the continent of Africa. And that is the reason why we have BOMALINK. BOMALINK, B-O-M-A-L-I-N-K. You need to register your business and set up a profile with BOMALINK to create that database that we've been working on. Also, strategically, we want to channel foreign investment for sustainable local development so that the investment protocol should be uh, should be um, flexible enough with regulatory frameworks that can support and attract uh, various investments, uh, both to the continent and to that local community. This, these things are very important. These things are very important because we need to understand what is really going on on the continent as well as the local communities to create our own ecosystems. We have to engage our black financial institutions and lending companies negotiating with the USXMIM Bank, that's the Export-Import Bank, to launch African-American commercial projects in Africa. I think these things are very, very important. Um, but there's more that I have to get off my chest tonight. When you're looking at those communities in terms of linking the wealth, states with a focus on digital technology, 
can benefit with a sister state partnership with states in various African nations that are seeking to build new infrastructure. In addition, companies in various U.S. states, especially in local urban communities, can hire international students via an OPT to help boost production and the overall business culture. Also, there's a, uh, there's a great push for alternative energy resources in the U.S. and Sub-Saharan Africa. Now, local urban communities can benefit from producing solar panels and wind turbines and eco-friendly systems that produce energy made here in Michigan and shipped out to nations where electricity is scarce. That would be revenue for both the African-American company and the nation at large. We will also we should also look at um, providing preferential access. These are states I'm talking about to state and local markets uh, with no reciprocal preferential state access to the beneficiary country. So that's kind of like uh, like what the federal AGOA African Growth Opportunity Act is all about. Two way trade between states and areas like Ghana and Nigeria, as well as Florida, Michigan or Maryland could provide new accessible markets that can drive new entertainment industries like Nollywood or other African-based businesses into local communities. So we're seeing that right now in Texas and places like Georgia of, of Nollywood movies. And, you know, we also have to not forget about the importance of tourism, how it plays a huge role in, 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 in sub-Saharan Africa as well as the U.S. due to the fact that tourism must generate economic benefits for a broad spectrum of the population and must also ensure their inclusion in decision-making about sector developments and trends, as well as preserve the resource base on which tourism is, is, is based. I like to just point out the community college plays a big role in what we're trying to do because it, community colleges develop, can develop a sustainable workforce and geoeconomic platform. The community college offer programs that can train both a domestic and international workforce. It can also help reshape K-12 educational policies that will make local urban school districts um, more vocational as well as global, more sustainable and better trained with international educators and students. And also administrators from community colleges can also train those in polytechnic schools abroad not to only help develop a new workforce, but to empower and train women for leadership roles. Now, I have to say this, and you people in GABA hear me say this all the time, that women must be included in this type of in this type of transaction uh, between U.S. and Africa, because the role of women is vital in global business. So whether we're talking about the African continental free trade area or where we're talking about Agoa, where we're talking about Prosper Africa, what we're talking about uh, linking the wealth in our GABA program. We must be able to include our women. U.S. state governments, as well as the federal government, should not engage in any trade or global business with African states or nations that are hostile towards the advancement of women in terms of education, gender rights, and access to financial stability. States on both sides of the Atlantic must develop stronger incentives for women who engage in STEM, social entrepreneurship, environmental science, agribusiness, and allied health. And connecting cyber cities, these are cyber cities are, are communities that have a um, anchor um, using cybersecurity and cybersecurity businesses as anchor institutions. Connecting cyber cities to local economies 
will serve as a physical location and a center to help nurture and support the growth of ICTs and ICT-enabling industries and extending its benefits to the local community's tax base. Implementing the proven concept of industry clustering, which is locating similar technology companies within the same geographical area to fuel economic growth by raising the level of innovation, development, both at a regional and national level is necessary. It's also critical, ladies and gentlemen, for who are listening to this program, for local urban communities to engage in developing a smart city concept to increase economic development and activity that's sustainable and rationally uh, incremental by virtue of being based on success-oriented market drivers such as supply and demand. We, uh, you know, if you hear me talk about this as, as all the time about cybersecurity, Internet of Things, 3D printing, coding, artificial intelligence, and clean technology are a few industries that can anchor a new tax base, a new revenue stream, and develop a new international community for our urban centers, both here and abroad, that will eventually evolve into smart cities. And that's very, very important. So when you're looking at, um, when you now to bring this home a little bit and bring some um, um, stronger framework to this, when you're looking at uh, the African continental free trade area, when you're looking at linking the wealth between what's going on in sub-Saharan Africa and here in the United States, see, one of the things I always talk about with these local communities, this is when I talk about vision and purpose and ownership and understanding your role in the 21st century as a player and not getting played. See, there are things locally here in the U.S. that we have to do different. For example, you take a city like Inkster, Michigan, or Highland Park, or Ecorts, or Benton Harbor, Michigan. Take a city like Flint or Saginaw. One of the things we have to start paying attention to is establishing what is called an employment-based fifth preference visa system. That's called an EB-5, investor visa system. We have to be proficient in that because we have to start courting international investors from the continent to invest here in the U.S., which they will invest in the U.S. They will hire a minimum of 10 American workers and they will put up collectively, depending on if we're going to do an EB-5 regional center or just an EB-5 investor visa um, um, system for one or two investors, they must invest in a low-income community, $900,000 U.S. dollars for that project. But, th- but those investors get green cards and their family get green cards. What we get is a brand new, is a brand new, uh, um, we get a brand new tax base. You see where this is going? Same thing with, same thing with using the opportunity zones. We have to start leveraging an I-10 mortgage company to attract undocumented immigrants into a low-income community to purchase homes. We have to start setting up a vocational uh, or, or a career technical education school district or a cyber school district where students can graduate from the 12th grade with an associate's degree and an apprenticeship and go right to work. We have to start creating content within our community uh, to educate the community via streaming television or radio. And this is happening uh, right now, especially with folks in GABA um, who have a tele, who have access to a streaming television network with distribution. We'll talk more about that later. Courting African investors into our neighborhoods um, 
where the United States have what is called a treaty agreement. These are called E2 visas, ladies and gentlemen, to invest in neighborhoods. So the E2 visa is the sister visa to the EB5. Except with an EB-5, you get a green card. With an E-2 visa, you don't get a green card, but you can stay here uh, for a specific amount of time as long as you do investment here in the United States. What if, if they do this, the mortgage and financial institution will help with down payment of a home. And if the business is open within that community, they will help with the closing costs of their home and, and house their families. We encourage African churches, okay, to establish a community development corporation and a co-op and a co-op so that we can have ownership within our community. Own the jewelry store that's African owned and operated. Why do I say that? Because we can start importing gemstones from areas like Nigeria. Access to a food processor company where we can process our own food like cassava, cashews, and coca. Launching an international housing for international students in our local community here in the United States. Partnering with alternative credit companies that would allow refugees and immigrants to use phone bills, rent payments, and utility bills to build their credit scores here in the U.S. to qualify for mortgage and car loans. But in order to do that, we have to have a financial institution or a fintech institution that's going to agree with that. So, so we keep so we create our own ecosystem, ladies and gentlemen. Creating a system of population density. I, you know, I've talked about this all the time. Creating a, a population density in a community where property values can spike, where work lives space, tiny homes made of 3D printing and small micro businesses. Developing an urban ecosystem of agribusiness by importing agro products to the U.S. from Africa. Creating business tax incentives to court international African businesses into the U.S. to franchise. Ensuring that our communities are smart communities and renewable friendly, creating a staffing agency to hire refugees and immigrants with work permits to fill in those slots that people are not working, creating or partnering with a, either a credit union or a community development financial institution to a low income community for redevelopment. That's very important because if we don't have a financial institution working with us, we create the financial institution to create our own ecosystem, it's going to be a lot harder to do a lot of these things. We have to start partnering with small business companies to assist with startup and grant writing and micro lending to help local distressed communities to accept fintech programs, that's financial technology, implementing mural projects to revitalize distressed communities to raise property values and drive real estate. So we start, we've already started a a mural project through our cultural arts district in Inkster. Um, and we're going to continue to do that, but we want to do that in other areas as well. Street art fairs and fashion programs and fusing creative arts with libraries and educational systems. We have to create a, we have to create a small coffee jazz shop to anchor local culture and community events, development of a, of a small studio space in a home or create or create a home kind of like Motown, you know, Motown was started out of a house and they created a studio. We could do the same thing to produce Afrobeat artists, you know, engage, increase engagement with key stakeholders within our communities and fusing immigrant refugees to reshape local distressed communities to reshape neighborhood revitalization by setting up visa processing centers and immigration uh, consultations. These things are very important. We talk about we talk about the EB-5. We're talking about opportunity zones. We have not talked about the blue economy because that plays a major role in Africa's structural transformation. 
sustainable economic progress and social development. The largest sectors of the current African aquatic and ocean-based economies are fisheries, aquaculture, tourism, transport, ports, coastal mining, and energy. The strategic importance of the blue economy to trade is clear. Up to 90% of global trade facilitation by volume and 70% by value is carried by sea. Listen, connecting the blue economy from Africa to the United States is vital for local urban communities. For example, where I'm at here in Michigan, we sit on the largest body of fresh water in the whole world. That's called the Great Lakes. Yet this state does not conduct any real business with any country in Africa via shipping except South Africa. So we have a port authority and we're not utilizing the port authority. That's jobs lost. That's jobs that could have been created. That's logistics that could have been created. You see where I'm going with this, ladies and gentlemen? We have to create a smart city. You've been hearing me talk about this. A smart city. That's a designation given to a city that incorporates information and communication technologies to enhance the quality and performance of urban services such as energy, transportation, and utilities in order to re reduce res uh, resource consumption, wastage, and overall cost. So, for example, uh, a clear, a clear uh, example of that is Sea Pleasant, Maryland. Sea Pleasant, Maryland has 5,400 residents, and they are, and they are a low-income community, predominantly black, they're a suburb of Washington, D.C., and they're a smart city. Period, point blank. We have to also take a look at cargo aviation and warehousing for global supply chain management. We have to identify African nations that's interested in importing and exporting goods to the U.S., to municipalities to ship goods out regionally, and engage African businesses here to utilize key ports with the foreign trade zones and cargo airports for sea and air transport. You see where I'm going with this, ladies and gentlemen? And then when you're looking at the future of these local communities and linking this all together as an ecosystem to connect to an African continental free trade area, to connect to a GOA, to connect to an EB-5, when you're looking at the future plan of, of this, you're looking at things like developing and attracting and retaining skilled workers, uh, that's crucial for future-proofing small urban communities. You're talking about how market openness plays an equally important role in securing future growth by attracting global capital and business. When you're looking at developing a plan for manufacturing innovation zones, we don't have these conversations, folks, that attract and focus public and private investment and assistance towards innovation and productivity. We want to start looking at a regional technology hub. We want to leverage, again, the Opportunity Zone for foreign investors from the African diaspora. We want to start using um, um, public art to strengthen the sense of place and highlight the heritage of character of each uh, community that we invest in. You know, these things, these are, are, are key things that we have to, uh, we have to understand that Moving in this next decade, we have to be on our, 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 our toes for the next 24 months. So when we're talking about public policies, when we're talking about real public policies, we're talking about uh, supporting the new market tax credits. We're talking about supporting the GOA. We're talking about making the EB-5 uh, program permanent. We have to start being at the table talking about real things, 
you have the we have the agenda 26 uh, 63 goals um that's from the african union we also have uh the un the un sustainability goals you understand that we have to understand that the time is now folks we, we, we you know it's 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 it sounds good it sounds good to to you know be happy that biden uh, defeated Donald Trump and you know the Democrats are still in control of the, of the US House that's okay but now the real work begins we have a lot of work to do we're talking about you know we got to talk about uh, property ownership tax incentives we're talking about uh, uh, supporting the, the uh, fair housing rules and strengthening the community reinvestment acts and supporting the expansion of low-income housing tax credit that's a tax provision designed to incentivize the construction and rehabilitation of affordable housing for low-income tenants. We're talking about uh, putting together a strategic digital infrastructure public policy. You know, you know, things like that, ladies and gentlemen, agricultural public policy plan. We want to reduce, uh, we want to make sure um, to eliminate quotas on agriculture exports from Angola-eligible countries. We want to make sure that uh, we establish a public land trust for, for farmers of, of uh, black folks, <laughs> black farmers. We want to uh, create and expand technical assistance for black farmers here in the United States. We want to um, expand the H-1B skilled visa program. We want to, uh, you know, eliminate the per ca country caps. This is about immigration, ladies and gentlemen. I think every F-1 student, and I work with F-1 students, I think every F-1 international student um, should uh, be able to work their first year of college like they do in Canada. We want to definitely preserve the uh, diversity visa and create a startup visa for foreign-born entrepreneurs who wish to start a business in the U.S. to facilitate greater um, um, greater um, aspects with people of color. We support Washington, D.C. becoming the 51st state of the United States. Why? Because we have a member of GABA who is the, fir who is the first Nigerian-American elected to the U.S. House of, House of Representatives. as a, He's a shadow representative, but if D.C. becomes the 51st state, he will become the actual representative. So we support those kinds of, 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 of things. And I've already told folks, you know, D.C. becoming a state, that means you have two additional um, senators that has to be sent to Congress. Um, who knows that one of those senators can be a Nigerian or another African um, that represents our community. So, I mean, these are things um, we have to strengthen our small business public policy. So, ladies and gentlemen, we have so much work to do locally and internationally, and, and we have to be able to connect all the dots. So, this is the reason why I tell folks, when you enter the GABA network, you have to, um, you have to be serious, you have to take accountability, you have to have integrity, and you must build trust with your network by taking ownership and leadership to move the process forward the best way you can. You don't have to get out there and speak, but you have to get out there and be a team player to build wealth amongst your, amongst your peers. And that's very important if we want to win for the next 24 months. Listen, thank you for listening to this broadcast. My name is Akindale Akinyami. I am the president and CEO of the Global African Business Association. You can look us up online at GABANetwork.com. That's G-A-B-A 
N-E-T-W-O-R-K.com.